From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. When you went to bed, you thought you were going to wake up and be able to just bathe in Super Bowl stories. But the NBA had a different idea. Because while most of us were sleeping, there was a mega trade, a blockbuster trade as one of the biggest stars in the NBA. Kevin Durant is now a Phoenix Sun, and the Suns are now squarely making a run towards a championship. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. I could not believe it. You know, look, Harry's probably the one person in the world that's always up before I am. I know, no matter what time I get up, Harry got up an hour earlier. I wake up this morning to see a Photoshop in our group text of Kevin Durant in a Suns jersey, and my first thought, like everybody else, is, oh, somebody's trolling us, only to open Twitter and find out, no, it has happened. KD is a member of the Suns. It took new ownership all of 24 hours to make a statement, Harry, that they are going all in right now to try and win a chip. Well, yeah, when you look at the Phoenix Suns, who were able to make the NBA championship 2021, blowing a 2 to nothing lead to the Milwaukee Bucks and losing. I look at their championship window, right? And a lot of people started to say, started to say that it was about to be closing. Well, Matt Ishbia who hasn't been on the job more than, what, 72 hours, found a way to get this trade done and bring Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. And now that championship window, it's not going away anytime soon because they have the Slim Reaper, a guy that can score and do a lot of different things on the basketball court. I love this trade for the Phoenix Suns. Also, keeping their core group intact. You talk about Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, along with Kevin Durant. I don't see how they're going to be beaten this season, not just in the West, but in the NBA Finals as well, because that's who I got coming out of the West to win the NBA Finals. I mean, this becomes immediately an, oh my God, sit back and watch video game basketball team. Now, obviously, we said the same thing about the Nets, but when you put these guys together right now, it is wild that the Suns are obviously going straight in. You you mentioned Matt Ishbia, and it should be pointed out for anyone that doesn't know, he played basketball at Michigan State, never really had a lot of meaningful minutes, uh, but when it turned around and then uh, you know built a new basketball facility for Michigan State, this is somebody that absolutely is passionate about the sport from the player's mindset that now happens to be so stupid rich that he can own an NBA team. I think it's important to look at this and say, hey, the Suns are coming out and making this statement, and in fact, Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN senior NBA insider said this on SportsCenter with SVP last night about this run and why it's inevitable and what the Suns are trying to accomplish. There was an inevitability to yes. this, that if it wasn't now, it would probably be after the season. And I think for the Nets, for Durant, I think the timing was right. But this is, uh, again, for Phoenix, you know, just a, a chance now to really make a run at a title, especially with Chris Paul, certainly at a point in his career where um, you don't know you don't know how much time you have left of, of him playing at perhaps championship level basketball. They seem to have this blend though, Harry, of old and young and fresh and new, but seasoned. Like it just feels like yeah. this is the pot that you want to put out there and say like this is going to be good chili because like this is this is this has been simmering. This is going to be good. There's a lot of good ingredients. And this is going to make a good chili. 
Yeah, I, I love this move, especially for Kevin Durant. It's not going to be like it was when he was with the Brooklyn Nets and when Steve Nash was his coach, right? Basically, guys, go out there and play one-on-one basketball. Monty Williams is a phenomenal head basketball coach. In the NBA, he's going to be able to drop sets, but he also has a true, natural, old-school type floor general in Chris Paul, a, a bona fide point guard that's going to be able to get him the football, I mean, excuse me, him the basketball in a sweet spot along with Devin Booker. And you also talk about a guy DeAndre Ayton in the picking roll, a guy that can, you know, roll to the rim and get those alley hoops and clean up around the basket. But I also look at a sense of a guy like Devin Booker, right? Kevin Durant is going to demand double teams. You can't play Kevin Durant one-on-one. So guys are going to just have to be able to make open shots uh, when Kevin Durant gets double team and vice versa. If you decide you want to double team Devin Booker because, uh, you know, he's lethal, he's shooting the basketball at a high level, now other Kevin Durant's going to be open. But you got three guys, right? That are, that are mid-range assassins and Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. I don't know how opposing teams are going to stop it, but I'm just going to say good luck and pray as much as you can. Well, and you know, you mentioned Booker, who I think is a huge uh, benefactor. Benef- he benefits from this, let me say it that way. Oh, of course. Uh, he benefits from this. He's already a star, but this takes so much of the pressure off of him to be that guy and allows him to just, when you when you can be Devin Booker, but you don't have to be the guy that carries the whole franchise, that's wild. Also, you mentioned Durant and Chris Paul, but like DeAndre Ayton is somebody that we saw a few years ago in the playoffs have moments, right? And there was a real question of, was he max contract? Worthy, we let that get in the way of the fact that we've seen DeAndre Ayton have big moments as the big man with big buckets. Like, I'm looking at this Suns team saying there are a thousand ways they can beat you, and that mm-hmm. from, from a coaching standpoint, that's what you want. I mean, we talk about that all the time in the NFL the, avail- the ability to, to be variable, right? Like, to, to be able to show people different things. This Suns roster in a best of seven series can beat you a thousand different ways. That just feels intimidating to me if. If I'm the rest of the West, and frankly, if I'm the East, if the rest of the NBA right now needs to be looking around saying, okay, what are we going to do? Because we are not better than the Suns on paper. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and tell you, uh, as far as taking a lot of pressure off uh, Devin Booker, I think it takes a lot of pressure off Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker. we got to remember, right, in that, in, that, in that NBA final series against the Milwaukee Bucks, Chris Paul at the games one and two, he vanished, right? Drew Holiday basically shut him down and got the best of him in that series. Also, when you look at a guy like Devin Booker, most of the things don't have to be on his shoulder shoulder to get it done and score a basket when you have another lethal score uh, alongside of you. And DeAndre Ayton, we all seen he's been disgruntled the last few years. I think it relieves some pressure from him when you add a Kevin Durant. But as far as other teams in the, in the Western Conference, you guys thought you were doing something until Matt Ishbia said, hold up, my friends, I'm going to do more. I'm a new owner, and I'm here to make some noise, and I'm here to stay. I think it's important, too, you know, to come in and make your stamp. And and that's part of what I love about what the Suns are doing. They're making sure that uh, the entire NBA understands what they're here for. And it shakes everything up. If you don't believe me, just listen to what Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider, said on the Hoop Collective podcast about what this does to the rest of the NBA uh, landscape. Actually, let me correct myself. He said this on Get Up. The sequence of events in the last few days, an ownership change, a change of heart by Durant, the Nets willing to acquiesce, which they weren't willing to acquiesce in the summer. And now you have an incredible fallout. The Nets have too many perimeter players. Now teams like 
the, 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 the Lakers, the Clippers, the, the Grizzlies, who had set their rosters about how they're going to compete in the West, now have to worry about guarding Kevin Durant. And so it's a, it's a mad scramble. Last night, midnight, I don't know whatever time it was, I'm on the phone with the team that had just done a trade, okay? They're positioning their team. I'm going through the trade with the league executive, and he goes, holy bleep. Woj, I didn't even know. He didn't even know. That was the whole league. The whole league went holy bleep. And now we're in a mad scramble. You actually buying that anybody said the word bleep? Because in my mind, I want somebody to say the word. Uh, he's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hear me out. And, and I'm going to be really transparent with everybody, right, Harry? Like, mm-hmm. when we when we do the show planning for, for our shows every day, we, you know, we meet after today's show. We'll meet. We'll have a little meeting. We'll talk about some of what we want to keep our eyes on. We have a big group text. We're constantly texting ideas and thoughts and, and, and concepts. And I think about what us, just people covering the sport, how much I went to bed last night thinking today show is going to be three hours of Super Bowl talk. And you wake up this morning and you say, oh, uh, the world, the, the entire sports landscape changed. That's just for us talking about sports. When your job in the NBA is to be able to compete with the Suns, you woke up in the middle of the night because somebody called your bat phone and you did say, holy bleep. Like it, if we're reacting this way, the people who make their living trying to compete with the Suns, man, they are in mad scramble, right? Well, all because of one player. And that one player name is Kevin Durant. Right. Granted, what, what people want to say about him for going to the state, Golden State. Granted, what people want to say about him for uh, pairing up with Kyrie Irving, trying to do it in Brooklyn. When you talk about basketball wise and a player on the court that is 6'10", 6'11", that can, you know, shoot the mid range, shoot the three, lethal from the free throw line, can play with his back to the basket, facing the basket, can defend as well, um, can switch screens no matter what. Yeah, that's going to put you in an old bleak mode, especially when you like, like, like we just heard, like Wendy say, teams have set their roster, you know, basically set to try to win the West because the West is so wide open. Now the West is not wide open. And guys that made moves uh, before the season, guys that made moves uh, before this trade was actually uh, made, they're stuck in a bind now because it's no way in hell they, they 100% think they're going to beat the Phoenix Suns. Now, granted, the Phoenix Suns, they still got to put everything together and it has to gel. But I think they're going to be okay because Kevin Durant can play with anybody. By the way, we got a Woj bomb coming down. Like, and these Woj bombs don't feel nearly as significant. I feel like I need different calibers. of a, Like, this is a Woj firework. Maybe a, a Woj sparkler. Uh, the Lakers making a trade. I just wanted to hold it there for a second so that everybody would panic. It's Thomas Bryant to the Nuggets for Devon Reed and three second round picks. Sources have told ESPN. So I just that, that was I'm gonna do that one more time here. The Lakers are making a trade of Thomas Bryant. All right, yeah, oh. I just I, I, oh. everybody's everybody's gonna be puckered up. Like that's my oh. favorite phrase. Everybody's gonna be puckered up for the rest of the day. There's a great NBA trade deadline special that you can watch on ESPN. Uh, you just turn it on, but keep us on while you do it. It starts uh, it starts at one o'clock. So Davon Reed has been traded. Thomas Bryant's been traded. Uh, we'll keep you updated on any other action we get. Tune into NBA action tonight. The Lakers host the Bucks, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9:30 p.m. Eastern on Select ESPN. And radio stations. Now, we just gave you the sun side of it, but this is the end of an era or error in Brooklyn. And some people are not blaming the, the players for what went wrong. You'll hear it and we will react to it in a very heated way next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Suns acquiring Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets. I don't see how you don't look at this situation as anything other than a failure. It will always be remembered as the team that never was. Finally, the Brooklyn Nets, that great experiment, it is finally over.
Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Nets and Suns pulling off a deal. Suns acquiring Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets. If you're the Nets, frankly, I, I don't see how you don't look at this situation as anything other than a failure. It will always be remembered with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden as the team that never was. Finally, the Brooklyn Nets, that great experiment, it is finally over. And this is an organization that is ready to hit the reset button. One of the phrases I live on in life that drives people in my life crazy is, is it, it is what it is. And right now, if you're a Nets fan, you're just sort of saying, hey, it is what it is. This whole thing imploded. KD's gone. Kyrie's gone. Harden's gone. Everybody's gone. But at some point in sports, that's not easy enough. There has to be accountability. We have to turn around and say, hey, why did this happen? Who is to blame for what now looks like it could be the the absolute biggest disappointment in sports history? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz were presented by Progressive Insurance. And look, who's to blame is a complicated question, Harry, right? Like, I think yeah. you and I both know that there's nuance to this. And what we want to do is we want to put a stamp. Like, we want to put a big poster up. And on one side, you want to have the Nets organization. And on the other side, you want to have the big three. And you want to have a stamp that say, they get the blame. And the answer's probably somewhere in the middle, right? Yep. Well, for me, and I'll start off with the, the front office. I think Josiah has some, some blame to take. I also think general manager Sean Marks has, has some blame to take. When, you know, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and then they traded for, you know, James Harden came over to the Brooklyn Nets, they basically gave all these guys the key to the franchise. And that was the first mistake. And rightfully so, I may say, too, because it is Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. But at the end of the day, you still got to have some backbone uh, if you decide to do that. You can't say yes to everything to the point to where you, when you start to say no to things, now these guys are going to act out and they request they don't want to be there anymore, they want trades or whatnot. Uh, I also think when it, when it came to head coach Steve Nash, I don't think he was the guy for the job. When I look at the personalities of a Kevin Durant, a Kyrie Irving, and a James Harden, you need someone in there with a strong backbone that can tell these guys any and everything on any given day. Right. That wasn't Steve Nash. It was times that, you know, you're looking at Steve Nash. What play is he going to be able to draw up? And these guys are just out there going one on one across the court the entire time, entire game, playing no defense, no accountability when it came from the coaching rank. So when it comes to the front office and coaching wise, I start with them and I'll let you go, Fitz. But that's who that's part of who I blame right there. It's funny when you say that because we were just talking about this a second ago, and I think it's worth repeating to the world. Uh, I, I believe every coaching staff and every organization needs to have somebody on staff that played uh, and knows how to relate to players. And, and it doesn't have to be the head coach all the time. You know, there are certainly great coaches that didn't play the game. That's fine. But you're going to have to have somebody who has been there, done that, that knows how to relate to players. It just makes sense in my mind. And I'll tell you this, this that like when I was a little kid, I was a really little kid, and I was just starting to excel at the violin. I was starting to get great, right? And I went to my teacher, and I, I remember asking my teacher when I was a kid, uh, to, to teach me a certain piece that I wanted to play. And this was before I got into Juilliard. And I asked my teacher, and she 
was like, well, I'm sorry, honey. I, I don't know how to play that. So I got in the car and I looked at my mom and I was like, I need a new violin teacher because she doesn't know how to play that. And if she doesn't know how to play this and I want to learn it, she can't teach me. I, I think that there is some element. And I'm look, I'm sitting, in, I'm, I'm a guy that sits in front of a mic that did not play football and I still talk about football. I think that there's a, a, a fine line on all of this, but you cannot have a coaching staff that doesn't have somebody on it that knows how to talk to the Harry Douglases and knows how to say, hey man, this is where, this is where you've been, this is what you're going through, and I know how to relate to that. And that is an organizational fail in my mind if anybody doesn't have that. No, I, I agree with you one, 110%. And it's not just, you know, basketball. I think that's any sport. When I was with the Atlanta Falcons, that guy for us, his name was Terry Rubisky. Terry Rubisky has been in the National Football League for a very, very long time. Keyshawn Johnson knows him very well. He's out there in L.A. right now. But he's the guy that can talk to me, Roddy, Julio, and even other guys on our football team, Devin Hester as well, and say any and everything, and we were going to respect it no matter what. Even when we had disagreements. But he was that guy. The Brooklyn Nets didn't have that. Now let me get on the play. Fits. Mm. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, yes, they sure as hell play their part in the role of the Brooklyn Nets in, in what was supposed to be a magical moment or magical time that they were there of it failing. From Kevin Durant's perspective, I think in my eyes, we all know how chilled and laid back he is. Kevin Durant doesn't like controversy. But I do believe when you're on a team, any kind of team sport, and you're, you are as good as he is, you got to be able to say, be able to say any and everything to your teammate, and your teammates should be able to listen and respect what you're saying as well. Doesn't have that doesn't mean he have to has to agree with it, but you should be able to get onto your teammates. I wasn't always the best player on my team, but the best player on my team, I can check and say certain things to, and they weren't going to feel no type of way. Number one, because they respect the grind and they know I was going to go hard about any and everything. Same thing here with me and you working at ESPN. If you tell me something, even though I might not like it. I'm going to respect it that you're number one man enough to even come to me and say it. You know what I'm saying? And then when it came to Kyrie, it was just so much going on. And uh, I'm just going to exclude the vac- not being vaccinated, uh, vaccinated situation. But you, you talk about, you know, not missing time, not being available, uh, being disgruntled. Well, Stephen A. today told the story of, of after a Nash practice. Uh, this morning he was talking on radio and he talked about, you know, after a Nash practice, then, you know, Kyrie brought his guys out on the, the floor and they practiced what Kyrie wanted to practice. And, like, <laughs> you, you, you can't do that. And, and that, Harry, that, that's, undermi- that's undermining the head coach, too. Like, you, but, that, but that's why you need a guy who has a strong backbone to deal with guys to say, hold on, fellas. It, now, now, Kyrie, if you want to do this, you come to me and you holler at me. You talk to me. And you let me know this is what you want to do. And we'll, and, and, and we'll work on trying to do what some, some of the things that you want to implement. But just to do it on your own? Oh, hell no. If I was the head coach, I ain't going down like that. Well, and, and if you were in a locker room, like you, I, I love what you're saying. Everybody in your life, I, it doesn't matter what you do for a living, you need somebody in your life that will that will look at you and check your ego. And ego was on my mind this morning because I was listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and they said this about absolving players in this conversation and their culpability. That exempts the players. No, 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 come on. They failed to get no, it. I, 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 I got to exempt the, I do. I exempt Well, them. by the way, by the, I, I don't exempt the players all the way. But by the way, I mean. But it, they were hurt, Jay. I, I, no, well, I hear, the one year they all played. I mean, what? James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and KD played 14 games together. <laughs> but by the way, I, I mean, even when they played Milwaukee, it. Kyrie was hurt. He didn't play. James Harden was on one leg. And, and KD had a shot. 
to win the series. Yeah. Right? And his so shoe was, was a little too big. He's a little too big. But they were right there. What role do we want players to have? Well, you're right about that, though, Jay. They did bring him in because Kyrie said what he said about we can we, we can do this coaching on our own. So there, and, or, we by the way, and what, what ultimatum did KD give about I want Sean Marks and Steve Nash gone? So that should have let the world know that Sean Marks and Steve Nash were packaged, right? Now, I'm not, I'm not uh, like absolving, you know, culpability from all these guys, right? They I'm deserve sure. – you know, a, a, a lot of it, too. But at the same time, you have to bring in somebody that is strong key with yes. a lot of history and experience to know how to manage three strong egos. Mm. And, I, and I will say this, and they brought up uh, injuries in that. That's another thing that played a part in this this trio or this duo with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving not working. These guys couldn't stay healthy. They couldn't stay on the floor. That plays a big part in it, too, as well, Fitz. Yeah, and we'll see if they can stay on the floor in their new destinations. I mean, that's going to be a real question as we view what happens moving forward. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers are switch and save with Progressive. Save nearly 700 bucks on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. We are going to keep breaking down the NBA big news throughout the course of the day. But it's also Super Bowl week. Everybody was trying to blame the coach of one NFL team in another situation. We'll tell you why that's not the case next with an expert. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Hand off to Eckler. Eckler hits the hole and he's through to the 40, to the 50, to the 40. It's a foot race. 30, 20, 10. Austin Eckler. Chargers. Chargers win it, and they are in the postseason for the first time since 2018. You know, being a playoff team, right? Um, finally going back to 2018. We definitely improved as a franchise this season. You know, we, we took a step as a franchise, and we, you know, earned ourselves a, a spot in the tournament. There is progress being made within our football team, and you can see it, because the team that we have right now is a much different team than we had a year ago. A three-pack of scores for Eckler. That's Alt 98.7 LA on the call. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Jason Fitz, sitting with Harry Douglas. We'll get back to all of the NBA trade deadline news that you could possibly want. By the way, we'll keep you updated as we hear of any other transactions in case, I don't know, LeBron gets traded today. Just been one of those days. We'll keep you updated on it. But we also got plenty of Super Bowl and football talk to get to. And uh, so our Wolfpack grows by one now as we talk to Austin Eckler, Chargers running back. So, so Austin, I'm a little conflicted. I'm just going to start you out here by being very honest. I am the resident Raiders fan on ESPN Radio. I got a Raiders tattoo. So, like, I'm not supposed to be all that happy with you usually – but I won my fantasy football league championship this year, largely in part because you crushed it. So I feel like I owe you an apology for the things I said about you on Sundays and then still appreciated you on Monday. Can we still be friends? Hey, man. Well, for, first of all, thanks for having me on, boys. And, uh, you know, this music to my ears, man. Like, that's that's the effort I'm putting out there for, for fans of other teams to be, you know, appreciating me because at least I'm scoring a fantasy points, right? So, hey. We'll take it. I'll take your your friendship offer. Let's do it. All right. Look at that. We just uh, Olive branched it out there. See, the Raiders and Chargers fans, we can all now get along. Okay. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Brandon Staley. I want I want to get an honest moment here from you because it feels like everybody like me that sits in front of a microphone has something to say about Staley one way or the other. You're around him all the time. What makes him sort of that guy for you? 
that guy. Hmm. Really, for me, it comes down to his consistency and his message. I love his message. His message is all about competition and relationships. And, like, really, like, that's the NFL when it comes to actually getting in and, and getting together and putting a team together. It's like, how can we compete against each other, but then also come together as a team, right, when it comes to Sundays, right, and actually put that out there and, and have some type of product that hopefully wins us the game. And so he, he's been preaching that for as long as he's been here. He calls it our way. And, like, when it comes to coaches, you know, really, you know, the, the on top of the strategic part, like, what's their messaging? What's their what's their vibe? How do they how do they create the culture? And I love that type of culture that he's brought um, as far as his our way mindset. And, it, you know, that just goes throughout all of our leadership all the way down to the, to the new guys coming in. And so that's, that's why he's, like, the guy. And that's why I love him so much, for sure. And, Austin, you talk about messaging – well, that was a message sent because Joe Lombardi, your former offensive coordinator, was let go of his duties. Now y'all have Kellen Moore, who was previously with the Dallas Cowboys. What do you know about Kellen Moore? Um, you know, just from some things that I've seen on, like, social media, just talking about Dallas' stats as far as how they finished um, last year, like, you know, top of the leaderboards or towards the top in a lot of different categories, right? So definitely he's had success over there in Dallas and, you know, you know, we talked briefly, and I, you know, I'd let him know, like, hey, you know, he he saw our game. You know, it's, it's everyone that knows football saw our, you know, twenty or knows about our twenty-seven zero loss. So our team is so hungry right now, like we're desperate to get back to that point because we know we have more in the tank. We know we have, you know, a better run than than what was shown out there. So he's coming into a hungry group. That's what I told him. We're ready to get to work. You know, whenever whenever that time comes. Um, but yeah, we're excited to have him. Now, Kellen Moore, he had in Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott and also Tony Pollard. Those guys ran the football a great, uh, a, great, a great amount of time. Are you looking forward to getting the football even more rushing-wise because you guys were at the bottom of the total pole when it came to rushing attempts last year? Yeah, so it, it's, it's definitely a point of our emphasis for sure. You know, it was all season. It was, it was pretty obvious. Um, you know, coach every single every single team meeting would would just bring up example. We need we got to run the ball, right? O line, you guys got to block. Awesome, you got to run. Like you got to run hard. Like this, like it takes it takes the whole village to get the run game going, right? It's receivers, it's, it's doing the right type of runs, it's O line blocking, and so we were definitely lacking in that as far as last year compared to the year before. So um, it's an emphasis that we're gonna have to we're definitely you know come in and actually change. And you know, as me, I take it absolutely personal because it's me getting the, the, the ball handed to me. Um, and it's frustrating as a running back when you can't get anything going because it's a direct representation of you. Um, and so I definitely feel the pressure um, of getting a running game going this upcoming year. We're talking to Austin Eckler, Chargers running back extraordinaire, and you just mentioned pressure with running backs. Uh, it's so common for people to talk about what running backs can and can't make and how you should or shouldn't pay them. You're one in the NFL. You guys talk to each other all the time. How much does that narrative sort of seep into the conversations you're having with other running backs, and how do you guys react to it? Yeah, man, it's it's definitely a, a presence out there in the running back space uh, where it comes down to just the impact that we have on teams. Um, and, and the impact that we have, you know, to the organization, you know, if you look at, you know, even my past two years, you know, 40 touchdowns for the, for the organization, um, you know, that's such a huge impact on the success of the, of the entire team. And so it's like, why is the pay not reciprocated, right? Where, you know, if you look at our market, it's a lot less than, you know, some of these other markets. Um, and it comes out to, you know, it's a li- like people getting hurt, like liability. So it's like, we gotta look at our longevity. And so it's like, how do we how do we package that up to still get the same value that we want to get? Um, you know, because 
teams aren't wanting to pay us, right? Teams don't want to pay us these top, you know, these, you know, twenty million dollar contracts like you're seeing these receivers get. Um, I think Christian is getting the highest with like sixteen or seventeen. Um, but look at the impact he even has when he's on the team. And so it's like, how do you get that? Well, it comes back to us banding together. It comes back to us, you know, coming up with some type of of market setting, right? We need guys to get paid. Like we need our guys. We need Saquon to get paid. We need me to get paid. We got we got to start setting the market and get that trend going. Now, I got to be honest with you. I think personally, y'all as a team, from an offensive standpoint, and when it comes to rushing the football, I think y'all need another guy, another guy that can also help you out. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the pass game, but from a rushing standpoint, you are a smaller tight back, a guy that, that is bruising, can run between the tackles when you're on, on a fourth and one, a third and one. Not saying that you can't do that, but that's what we're used to seeing in the National Football League for years and years and years, a one-two punch, thunder and lightning. Is there anybody out there you would like to join you, or is there anybody on your roster that you're looking forward to sharing the backfield with in the future? You know, you know, I like to keep it general for, for this opportunity or for this conversation because for me, it's like, I don't care. I don't care who it is. I don't care where they come from. Just, just bring someone in. If you're going to bring someone in, let's, let's see what they got. Like, I want them to come challenge me, to come add to this team. Absolutely. Takes, takes hits off of my body and hopefully adds value to the team. Um, whoever that is, if it's Joshua Kelly, like it was last year uh, when he was available and wasn't hurt, then, then so be it. If we go sign somebody, so be it. Like, they come in. Um, and my mindset is like, like I tell my guys every single year that come in, like, I need you to try to take my job. Like, I need you. I, I want you to try to take my job. That should be your mindset regardless, right? Come take my job because I'm not going to let you take my job. I, and we need that competitive energy, right? Like, I want that. Like, I want to feel that. Like, I got pressure from my guys, not just from myself. Um, and so, look, we're looking for that. We'll continue to keep finding guys to come step up. We have a new opportunity every single year. But, yeah, if we get a guy that's kind of come in, um, and, and be, you know, someone that can, can take some, some load off of me, so be it. If not, guess what? I'll go score another 20 touchdowns um, again this next year. All right, Austin, tell us why you're hanging out with us. Uh, tell us uh, who you're working with. Yeah, so I'm actually, you know, representing myself today, right, and some, some things that I got going on. Um, really, it came down to the fan engagement. I just started to realize that, you know, our legacy as players, as influential people really lies within the memories of our fans, right? The fans are the reason we live on. So it's like, how can I make that, that bond stronger? Um, and so I started doing some engagements and then really realized that there wasn't really an efficient way to organize it and do it. And so that's where my app came in called Experience, um, spelled E-K-S-P, based off my last name, Experience. And it's a, it's a platform where influential people can offer a menu of offerings to their, to their fan base, things like signing jerseys, signing hats. You can do any type of signing um, and basically we have a way to get it to your doorstep and then back to theirs. And then personalized videos, video chats, gaming experiences, social media, an item shop, um, all these things that we can offer to our fans through the app on experience. And so you can find us at um, the app store on iOS or Android or experience.net if you want to check out the profiles that we have on there right now. Uh, Austin, I don't care what Harry says. I don't want you sharing carries with anybody. It's a dynasty league. I still need you to come up big next year. Thanks for hanging out with sharing. us. They got to come earn them. They got to come earn them. We ain't just giving them out. Yeah. Guess what? You ain't getting on the field if I'm scoring touchdowns. Still, so. If you could just, if you could score forty touchdowns next year, just not, not in the two games against the Raiders, we'd really be besties at that point, man. Appreciate you hanging yeah, out with us, have, Austin. 
Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You guys have a good one. That's Austin Eckler, Chargers running back. Uh, really, I mean, help me win a title. So I, I owe him. Uh, now I feel bad when I yell at him on Sundays. All right, from one great player to another, we're going to get a Hall of Famer to weigh in on where Mahomes already ranks amongst the all-time greats. That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and Sirius XM channel lady. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and we're going to get right to it. Our Wolfback grows again, this time with an absolute legend, four-time Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer Joe Montana joining us on the show right now. Joe, really appreciate your time, and i got to ask you, because we're talking all week about Patrick Mahomes, so I'm not going to ask you who the GOAT is. That's an impossibly difficult question. When I ask you what makes the GOAT, when you think greatest of all time, what does it take to be that in your eyes? Um, horns and a little beard. No, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just so hard to, I mean, you can, the game's so different all the time. It's completely changing. I mean, you got a guy who played before there were Super Bowls who won 11 championships. How do you compare that him to anybody playing today or when I was playing? It's just too hard. I mean, it's just, I always, the best thing that you can do is just enjoy the guys that are playing for what they, and for how good they are. And, it's hard. I mean, you watch. Yeah, they're different. The two guys playing in today's game, it's gonna or Sunday's game, um, they're gonna be fun to watch. They're two different styles, and two good ones. And you know, obviously Patrick uh, MVP, I would imagine. And um, he, as long as he's healthy, it, I think this is gonna be a fun uh, a game. I'm not sure that everybody's gonna score as many points as they everybody thinks. We got two pretty good defenses, but. Who knows? As soon as you say that, then it'll be 35, 34. <laughs> <laughs> you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes who's been phenomenal since coming into the National Football League. He's going to have his third Super Bowl appearance in five years as a starter. What are your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes and what he's been able to do early on in his career? Oh, oh it's awesome to watch. Uh, the, the, the best part about Patrick is he's my wife's favorite player. So, I know when they're on, I'll get to watch a whole game <laughs> without her trying to make us go somewhere. Um, but yeah, he's phenomenal. I mean, he's just, he's just, and there's no, no one's been around like that. You know, the things he's capable of doing, you know, his arm strength, his ability to throw the ball, you know, late down the middle, what you're not supposed to do off the back foot, what you're not supposed to do sideways, underhand, <laughs> whatever you want. He seems to be able to do it and do it accurately, and he's just um, a different player at that position and fun to watch. Definitely. And then don't. on the other side, you get yeah, with Jalen. I mean, man, that's a. I think that's a, a left tackle playing quarterback. <laughs> he's a big fella, <laughs> man. So it's going to be two different kind of um, uh, quarterbacks playing this game. It's going to be fun one, I think. You're here giving us football breakdowns, but you're also with us today talking about uh, something else. So tell us why you're with us today. Yeah, yeah, out here with Guinness, and uh, actually we brought on a new team member for Guinness this uh, end of last year, uh, another guy named Joe you might know, uh, Joe Burrows. And so we're out helping Guinness with their um, million-hour pledge, and um, 
what we're asking people is to go on, log on to the website, um, givesback.guinness.com, and pledge 10 hours of community service uh, to go out and help your, uh, um, the communities for where everybody lives. And um, so that's what we're here doing today and getting ready for this uh, crazy weekend. Which is amazing, kind of by the way. Here of the, yeah. Well, and you mentioned getting ready. You played in four Super Bowls. When it when it comes to getting ready for the Super Bowl, how much does it matter having been there before for somebody like Mahomes in his third? How much easier did it get for you to go through that process as you went through multiple Super Bowls? I think the easiest thing is you know what to expect the week when you get here. Well, in these two weeks, because um, I think – the guys who have not been played in the Super Bowl don't understand the pressure that comes from off the field. Uh, I don't like my room. I, um, can you get me in this restaurant? Can you get me in this party? Well, I don't, where's my tickets? You know, and it, it's all the outside influences that really distract you from what you're trying to do. And I was very fortunate with Jennifer. She took all that off my plate and made those the, this week, these two weeks easier. And I think that, that's the biggest difference. Once you get into this week, practices are a little different than the normal uh, when you play every seven days because this is kind of a slower down week a little bit and just start getting everybody healthy and, and uh, ready for Sunday. Joe, we appreciate your time. Enjoy the Super Bowl weekend, and thanks so much. As a lifelong fan, it's awesome to get to talk to you, man. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you guys for having us. Appreciate it. it. It's funny to me, Harry, because he just talked about – the same thing. Every time we, you and I have talked to anybody this week and asked what the difference is, the number of times what we hear is it's dealing with the outside in influences, the outside noise, the outside interference. That makes a huge difference in Super Bowl week. I don't care who you are. It does because it can be a complete distraction um, because you're going to have people pulling at you from all different kind of directions. People that you never thought to were, were your cousins or were your family members. <laughs> Hey, I'm your, I'm your cousin. Remember me? No, I don't remember you. I've never seen you in my life. I never heard from you. You know what I mean? But you gotta, that's why you got to have a, a person to say no, or you just have that strong backbone uh, to be able to tell everyone no, especially when it comes to, you know, even your immediate family. If it's people that they know, hey, no, I can't do this. I can't get them tickets. I'm focused on the game alone. I want to win the Super Bowl. I don't want the distractions that you guys are bringing me. Or you get somebody else. If you have a significant other or you have your mom and dad, let them handle all that outside noise when it comes to the logistics of the game and people want to get there and you just focus on football. That's another way you can, you can, you can handle it. Well, and that, that just speaks to what he just mentioned. He mentioned his wife, Jennifer, takes care of all of the all of the details. It is asking so much of everybody involved in the Super Bowl to understand how to manage the Super Bowl. And that's why, for me, having been there, done that, going through the process of winning and losing a Super Bowl for Kansas City, the more times you're there, the more you have familiarity with how to handle that week, the two weeks, how to handle the pressure, how to handle the moment, how to handle the tickets. I think it will be an edge in this game. All right, we got a bunch of trades in the last half hour to update you on from the NBA and then tell you why they're all irrelevant. That's next, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 